growing up isn't what we thought it would be. We don't ever stop growing up. Having my own kids has put that in perspective of like, just because you hit a certain age doesn't mean you're done growing in life. There's still so much opportunity for growth. It can be really exciting to know like, okay, yeah, I'm finishing up my 20s, but I still have the rest of my life to continue growing and learning about myself and learning what I like and learning who I am and learning how I can interact with people in the world. All of these things, it doesn't just stop when we become an adult or when we have kids. Welcome to the Worthy Mother podcast, where we discuss all things identity, self-compassion, and fulfillment within and beyond motherhood. I'm Emily Rose Hardy, a mindset and self-love coach for moms. I am a firm believer that to be able to take care of our children, we must take care of ourselves first. This is not a parenting podcast. No, this is a podcast where we will challenge the societal expectations of what it means to be a mom, demystify the perfect mom myth, and learn to love ourselves. You are worthy, mama. Let's do this. Hey, hey, it is my birthday or right around my birthday anyway, and I am so excited for this episode. A lot of my favorite podcasts have done birthday episodes where they share, you know, however many years old they are, that many lessons of their life. And I always find these episodes super fun to listen to because it's just a little bit different. I like getting to listen to others reflect on what they've learned in their life. And with that being such an important part of this podcast, right, it's sharing just the things that we learn about motherhood and how there are so many factors that influence our experiences as moms. I think it's a great opportunity for me to just kind of do my own reflecting on my 29 years in life. I definitely had the feeling for a moment of like, maybe I should wait till next year. I'm turning 30 next year. That might be a more, you know, exciting milestone to do an episode like this. But then I realized, you know what? I'll have to wait till a milestone birthday to do this kind of reflecting. So I'm really excited. These 29 reflections, these 29 lessons that I've learned in my 29 years of life are all about different things. And, you know, while we talk a lot about motherhood on this podcast, obviously other life factors also influence how we exist as mothers, right? Because mother, that identity of mother is just like one part of our lives. And it's not separate from everything else, but it's not the full story. And so I'm really excited to kind of tackle this from the angle of all aspects, all components of life, but knowing that I'm also bringing my perspective as a mom to the conversation. So with that, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into the 29 lessons. Number one, it's not about being ready. This one is one that definitely motherhood is what really showed me this lesson full force. I had my first son at 23. I've talked about my story on the podcast of having him unexpectedly not being completely ready in any way, shape, or form for a kid, even though I knew that I did want kids at some point in my life, right? It was not the time that I thought I would have kids, and I was not prepared like I thought I should be to have kids. 
And something that I've learned since then, right? He was born when I was 23. I'm now 29. It's been quite a few years since he was born. And I have come to realize that not one mom that I know out there, not one parent that I know out there was completely ready to have a kid. No matter how much they prepared, no matter how much they thought they were ready, no matter how much they read and studied and got all the things, asked all the questions and took all the classes, then they have their baby and we're never ready, right? And I think motherhood is something that so many people do feel like they need to prepare so heavily for. So it's a great example, but this really does happen in so many aspects of our lives. So consistently, we feel like we need to be ready for something before we take the leap, before we take the dive, right? And whether that's, you know, going for a job we've always wanted or writing that book or going on this trip, doing this thing. Whatever it is, right, we feel a lot of times like we have to be ready completely. We have to be at the top of our game. And that's just not true. It's not about being ready. Of course, preparing for big things is important. Of course, preparing to have a kid, you know, helps the process. When we can learn about that, it's going to set us up for probably a better experience than if we go in completely blind to the experience. But we're never going to be fully ready. And so we don't have to wait for these things for anything in our life until we're completely ready because it's just kind of like aiming for perfection. It's not going to happen completely. Number two, this is one that I have been talking about a lot recently, but it's something that has been extremely enlightening and life-changing for me. And that is that a lot of our beliefs and values don't actually belong to us. What I mean by this is that we take on a lot of societal beliefs, a lot of societal values, And if we don't stop to think about what actually belongs to us, we could be acting as though we agree with certain beliefs and values when in reality, we don't. And this is kind of the norm. It makes a lot of sense that we're taking these things in and we're using them to influence us because in a lot of ways, the external factors do influence our true internal feelings, our true internal beliefs and values. However, If we are not stopping to think about that, whether we actually want to take those in, we can end up feeling like, I'm not a good enough mom because X, Y, Z, when X, Y, Z aren't really things we care about anyway, right? This is true. And again, so many aspects of our life, you see this so clearly in motherhood that when we are taking on those beliefs and values from outside of us and taking them in as our own, even though we don't actually believe or value those things, it can be really detrimental. And so we really have to think about this, stop and think about that. And it's something that I have really dedicated my time and my work to doing because it's important. Huge life lesson there. Number three, growing up isn't what we thought it would be. I honestly still feel like a kid in so many ways, and I can't imagine that changing. Like, we don't ever stop growing up. And kind of having my own kids has put that in perspective of, like, just because you hit a certain age doesn't mean you're done growing in life. I can say for myself, when I was a kid, I thought that I would grow up and then just understand it all, know it all, be who I am, have my identity solidified, and really like now, okay, I'm existing as my full grown-up self. And that's not how it works. We're constantly still growing. There's still so much opportunity for growth. It can be really exciting to know like, okay, yeah, I'm finishing up my 20s. But I still have the rest of my life to continue growing and to continue growing up and learning about myself and learning what I like and learning who I am 
and learning how I can interact with people in the world. And all of these things, it doesn't just stop when we become an adult or when we have kids. Number four, and this is a lesson that I am continuously still learning. It's something that for me in particular has been really hard to kind of really grasp. But worrying about things does not change the outcome. I am the kind of person who, you know, as a kid, I was called a worry war a few times. I just constantly worried. And a lot of that, you know, I have anxiety. That's part of my story, part of my journey. But I could sit there for hours and think about all the possible situations that could potentially happen from any given circumstance. And it's been a really challenging journey to learn that that actually isn't really something that's worth my time. And so I have gotten really a lot better about not worrying about things unnecessarily. However, I think it will be something that I'm continuing to learn and grow with because, again, like my natural instinct is to worry, but it doesn't change the outcome. Worrying does not change the outcome. There are things that can change the outcome of something, but if we're just worrying about it, we're putting all this energy into feeling bad about something that hasn't actually happened. So that is something I'm going to hold on to and continue to work on in my life until it's not something I need to work on anymore. Number five. The only person you have control over is yourself. Again, this is one that can be really hard to accept. And it's something, you know, obviously when we're growing up, we hear that a lot. Like, you can't control what they do. You can only control yourself. But I've really come to learn, like, what that actually means. And it can be both a really kind of scary reality of the fact that we can't control the people around us. We can't control what happens. We can't control how they react to something and how their actions are going to impact us. But it can also be so empowering to know that we do have so much control of our lives and we do have such an ability to do what's best for ourselves and learn to manage our thoughts, manage our emotions, set boundaries and not let others impact us in a negative way if we don't want to. So it's kind of this interesting idea and interesting concept of like letting go of feeling like we need to control other people, but also knowing that we have the ability to do things for ourselves. Again, I think this is something that I will always constantly be working on and helping others work on because it's something that is so hard to really wrap our minds around in a lot of ways. But it's also a really important lesson to really know and grasp. Number six, there's nothing quite like a good cry. And this is one that I totally stand behind. I have created playlists over the years on Spotify of, you know, good songs that I can put on in the car to cry to. Sometimes we just need that release. And sometimes a cry is the best way to get that emotional release quickly. And so let yourself cry. Let yourself feel things. Let yourself let it out. There's no shame in a good cry. Number seven, space and time to yourself is a must. This is a hill I will die on. We need time and space. We need to be able to tune into ourselves without all of the external noise, without all of the external factors that are taking our attention and causing us to kind of turn outward. Being able to turn inward, being able to look inside yourself and understand what it is that you need, what it is that fulfills you, there is so much value in that. And when we are kind of caught up in the chaos of life, because let's be honest, it can be chaotic, especially with little ones at home and with just the demands of motherhood and everything else 
that comes along with life, that space and that time to ourselves is so incredibly important to really just make sure that we are doing things in alignment with what we actually want. Number eight, sleep is crucial. Again, this is one that, yeah, I always knew you need to get your full eight hours, blah, 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 right? But having kids has really taught me that sleep actually matters. Like getting enough sleep actually makes a difference. And when you're not getting enough sleep, it also makes a difference. And it can be pretty much impossible to show up with any consistency and productivity when you're not getting enough sleep. And so knowing that if we're not getting enough sleep, we have to have so much grace with ourselves because it's just not realistic to expect we're going to be performing at our full capacity when we are running on empty, right? That's huge. And then also just knowing that like prioritizing sleep, if at all possible, is a good idea. Number nine, it's okay to change your mind. This is something that I have learned over the past few years, particularly in, you know, starting my career as a teacher, going and getting my master's degree in education, and then deciding that I actually didn't want to be in the classroom any longer. I'm still in a path where I am educating and I take a lot of what I learned in my formal education to the work I do now, but I changed my mind and I changed my mind on something that I really do feel like there's a lot of people out there who once they make a decision, such as like getting a career and, you know, it being a career that they may have planned on having for their full life, they may not feel like they can change their mind because, you know, someone said that they can't. Someone said, oh, well, this is what you're doing now. And we get these messages from society about, you know, kind of sticking with it. But it's okay to change your mind. It is absolutely okay to realize you want something different and then to do something different, no matter whether that's with a job, a relationship, any other component of your life, it's totally okay to change your mind. Number 10, changing the world is a mighty undertaking, but we all have the ability to make generational change in our home and to inspire others to do the same. And the ripple effect of that can truly be world changing. That's something that I've learned with this podcast and with my platform of being able to share stories and share just our experiences as mothers in particular, when we can have one other mom impacted by the stories we share, right? If we can hear one thing or if we can give one person encouragement or remind one mom that they're not alone in their experience, that can be huge. And then if we're able to have any sort of positive impact on our children because of that, you think about the impact that that makes, not just in the here and now, but in the sense of like generational change. It's really huge. It's something that I could talk about for hours and I'm not going to right now, but just like really understanding that while we as one individual can't necessarily change the world as an individual, we have the ability to connect with others and actually make changes together that are world changing. Number 11. We are dependent on others. That's just part of being human. This is one that I think particularly living in the United States where we are quite an individualistic society. We all believe that the most important thing is, you know, finding success and working our way to the top. And it's really important to understand that as humans, we are absolutely dependent on one another. That is no more evident, no more clear than when we are babies. 
or parents taking care of babies or, you know, elderly people who absolutely rely on the care of others. When you put it in a perspective like that, there's no way there's any human out there who could do it alone, right? We might think we can. You might think, oh, yeah, I'm a healthy, you know, 30-year-old person. But that's not how being a human works. We all are interconnected. We rely on each other and there's nothing wrong with that. And actually, it can be a really beautiful thing to know that we need one another. So that's just something that like when we feel like we need help, asking for help is okay. When we feel like we're struggling because we're alone, knowing that connection is a priority, these things are really important. Number 12, there is so much we can learn from kids. I first saw this as an elementary school teacher and then having my own kids, it's been very, very apparent. But we as adults have had more time to kind of be influenced by the external world. And when we are with kids, they are kind of giving a more true version of themselves, more true, authentic look at what it is that they're thinking, what it is that they believe without as much external forces kind of contributing to that. Right. And so if we just listen, there is so much we can learn from our kids. Number 13, every single human being is deserving of respect. This is something that kind of goes along with the theme and title of this podcast, being worthy. We are all worthy. We are all humans who deserve respect. That's really what it comes down to. Like treating other people with dignity matters. And knowing that we all are just really worthy as humans, it makes a difference in how we show up in the world and also in how we see ourselves and how we treat ourselves and how we learn to love ourselves. On a similar note, number 14, self-love is the single most important thing when it comes to your relationship with yourself. Loving yourself puts you in the position to be able to meet your own needs, show up in the world differently show love for others, create meaningful relationships, do the things in the world that you want to do, it all stems from self-love and really self-respect, right? Knowing that even on those days where you're having a hard time with who you are and, you know, there's so much self-compassion that has to come along with that because it's very likely that there's a voice inside your head that is speaking negatively towards you, right? Most of us have that. It's very real. This isn't to say that, like, if you struggle with self-love, that you're any less worthy. But focusing on how we can tune into loving ourselves and how we can tune into caring for ourselves and all these really important pieces of just accepting who we are and doing things for ourselves with that acceptance and love in mind, it really is so, so, so important in the way that we are able to show up then for ourselves and everybody else. Number 15. Saying no is a life-changing skill. If you were like me, I imagine many of you were, you grew up people-pleasing and wanting to make other people happy and probably still have a lot of those same tendencies because it doesn't just go away, right? Learning to say no is huge. Even taking those steps towards saying no, taking those steps towards setting boundaries for yourself is huge. It really does change your life to be able to, again, respect your own limits, respect your boundaries, say no to things that you don't want to do or don't have the capacity to do. 
again, it's not just as easy as flipping a switch. A lot of times there's a lot of work that goes into the behind the scenes of learning to say no, even though it seems like something that might be pretty easy. A lot of those people-pleasing tendencies are deeply ingrained in us. But when we can work towards saying no, it really can help change our lives for the better. Number 16, we were not put on this earth solely to please other people. Again, thinking about people-pleasing, your worth is not in how much you make other people happy and how much you please them and how much you do for them and all of that. Sometimes it feels like it is, right? Sometimes it feels like our value is in how well we take care of others. But that's not the case. It really isn't. We are all worthy regardless of how other people feel about that. And when we can start to see kind of the lie that people-pleasing is, this need to always make others happy, we can start to see how really when we just show up for ourselves, we can actually make the most positive impact in the world anyway. Not that it's about the positive impact that we make on the world always, you know, showing up for yourselves is also because you're worthy of showing up for yourself, but it also does have those positive ripple effects on the world. Number 17, unlearning can be more challenging than learning at times. And it also is necessary a lot of times. Again, we take on a lot of external messages from others in our lives and in society in general. And we can learn a lot unintentionally that is damaging for how we see ourselves, how we see our roles and identity, how we see the world around us and how we're able to exist in that world, how we see other people. And a lot of times we have to really actively unlearn if we want to get to a place where we are able to live more in alignment with what we actually believe and what we actually value. And so this unlearning piece is huge to our life, but it can be really challenging because if we already have that knowledge of what we believe and we're having to kind of backtrack and get rid of that and build new paths in our brain, it can be challenging. It can be challenging even to understand and recognize that that's something we want to do, right? I would say that that's probably the most challenging part is really seeing like what we have to unlearn. Once we know what we have to unlearn, that part's a little bit easier, but it really is challenging and it really is so, so, so crucial and so worth our time and energy. Number 18, it is important to know what you actually want and to continually check back in to make sure that that's still what you want and that you are living in alignment. Again, this kind of goes with some of those past lessons, but we are constantly taking in so much from outside of us that we have to be so intentional about checking in with ourselves and really understanding like, what do I want? If we're going to move forward, we want to be moving forward in the right direction towards what it is that we want. We want to be doing things that light us up, that fulfill us. Because as cliche and cheesy as it sounds, we only get one life. Let's do it the way that we want, right? Like take advantage of this life and, and live it. Live it the way that you want and make sure that you're continuing to do that. Number 19, connection with others is one of the most beautiful things. I can't overstate this. The way that we're able to connect with others, the beauty that comes from conversation and just how much we can learn when we are connecting is like magnificent. <laughs> it's kind of a funny word, but it's something particularly with my background in education. I see such value in conversation. I see such value in having dialogue and being able to take from each other's thoughts and grow from that. 
it's huge. It's incredible. It's something that I think if we tune into that and really grasp just how amazing it is to be able to connect with each other, even just having that knowledge can be life-changing. Number 20, speaking your mind matters and your voice matters. I've shared this multiple times on the podcast, but I went through a period of time in my teenage years, you know, when I'm sure other people can relate to this, where I just didn't really share my opinions. I honestly didn't really feel like I should have opinions and definitely didn't say them out loud, right? You know, a kind of silly example of that is if someone would be like, what kind of music do you like? And I'd be like, eh, I don't know, whatever. I just didn't feel like what I had to say was valuable. And that's coming from someone who, like, as a little kid, I wouldn't shut up. And now, I mean, I'm here talking to you, kind of still on the same boat of, I just don't really shut up. (laughs) But I know from my own experience that there's been some moments in my life, particularly in motherhood, where somebody else shared something. They chose to share something that may have been really vulnerable and scary to share. And when I heard it, I was like, holy shit, I feel seen. I feel less alone. I feel like I understand what I'm going through better. And it really does like matter when people speak up, even if they don't feel like they need to, it really does matter. It can make just a massive impact on other people and on yourself. And so that's, I mean, a huge piece of this podcast is just sharing our stories, sharing our experiences, sharing our opinions and thoughts, because our voices matter. What we have to say matters. What we have to say, like, can change the world for the better. It can definitely change individual lives for the better. And if you ever feel like stifling your thoughts or your opinions or something that you want to say because you think "Eh, it's, it's not necessarily valuable. Who wants to hear that? I can't recommend enough just sharing it. First of all, it feels good, but you never know who that's going to touch, who that's going to help, right? And that's powerful. Number 21, creative expression is so, so powerful. This is something that I did not understand until I became a mom. But I remember after my first son was born and feeling like just so out of touch with who I was. And I just wanted to create. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't identify as like an artist or something, right? I was like, "Mm, let me learn to macrame. Let me learn to, you know, do hand lettering. Whatever it was, I just felt this like urge to create. And I've realized since that it was like this need to express myself in a way that like I don't think I could through just speaking. I needed to like express myself for myself in that way. Creativity is so powerful. And it doesn't have to look like what you necessarily think, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm not a creative person. Creation isn't about being an artist. Creation isn't about being, you know, the most innovative, creative thinker and doing something no one else has done before. It really is just about expressing yourself in however you feel drawn to express yourself. And it can really be this kind of portal to understanding yourself better and just feeling more open and alive in this world. Number 22, nobody really knows exactly what they're doing. This kind of goes along with that first one of not needing to be ready. But I think it just has really become so evident to me in the last few years that nobody really fully knows what they're doing with anything. Like even the most well-educated, most well-rounded human beings struggle with things and don't know everything. 
And honestly, I think some of those people who like we see as authority figures, the reason that they've been able to establish that is because they continually are learning and asking questions and things like that. So just knowing like there's no difference between feeling like I have no clue what I'm doing right now and don't know how to handle that. Really, we can kind of shift that to I have opportunity to learn and grow and that's okay. And like we all do. When we can make that shift, it's like huge in how we then show up for ourselves. But really just accepting that like we're never going to have it all figured out. Like no one does. That's not the goal. And for some reason, we have it in our head that that is the goal that other people do know what they're doing and they have it all together. And it's just not the case. We're constantly experiencing firsts, right? Like today's the first day I've lived today. Tomorrow will be the first day that I've lived tomorrow. And so to expect that we're going to know everything and be able to manage everything perfectly is ridiculous if you really think about it. And we have to kind of give ourselves the grace and self-compassion to just be human and live and not know what we're doing. Number 23, we can choose to be confident. And I know this is like, if you don't feel confident, if you lack confidence and belief in yourself, you might be rolling your eyes right now. Like, yeah, if I could just choose it, I would. But I really truly believe that developing confidence is a choice. It is something that we have to oftentimes unlearn different stories we tell ourselves, different patterns of self-talk. But it is a choice we can make. And it's possible to become more confident in yourself. I truly believe this because I have lived it. You know, there are periods in my life where I was very much not confident in myself. And while there's still definitely things that I struggle with deeply, I am so much more confident in myself and my abilities and just like who I am in this world than I've ever been before. And it's because I chose to pour into myself in a way that developed that confidence. 24, our brains are powerful tools. As a coach, as a motherhood support coach, a lot of what I help moms with is mindset work and really learning how their brains and their thoughts work to contribute to how they feel in life, how they show up in life, and just their experiences. And It really just is incredible to think about how powerful our brains are. This is something we have explored in past episodes of this podcast, and it's something we will continue to explore just about how our brains do so much to support us and how we can really use them for good in our lives. It's really cool. When you're aware of that, it makes a huge difference in your life because you know that you have this tool that is just built into your head, to your skull, right? That can actually bring so much beauty to your life and this sense of, I've got this, right? Number 25, mental health matters. Sometimes our brains aren't working in the way that we want them to work. And mental health is something that I'm really happy to see that we as a society are talking about more openly. I know that therapy is like all the rage right now, which is amazing. That's like not the experience that has been true in so many times of existence, right? And yes, there's still stigmas around mental health treatment and, you know, having mental health issues and therapy and all these things. But we are so much more open as a society to these conversations. And it's really so much easier to find spaces where those conversations are happening. Mental health matters. Mental health for mothers matters. We need to be talking about maternal mental health. We need to be talking about how we support mothers 
whatever that looks like. There are so many different approaches to mental health support, but it has to be number one. And here's my reminder that we all have mental health, right? Just because you may not be struggling with a mental health condition or a mental health even like struggle, you don't have anxiety, you don't have depression, whatever, you have mental health. It just may be you're in good health, right? You're in good mental health. But putting your mental health first, whether you are somebody who deals with depression and anxiety or some other mental health challenge or not, putting that mental health first is important. Number 26, being a parent comes with so many feelings. It is simultaneously terrifying, beautiful, inspiring, completely aggravating, hilarious, all at the same time, right? And it pushes us literally to new limits every day. And I know for a lot of moms, there can be a lot of guilt with having those more negative emotions or feeling angry or feeling upset or feeling scared or worried or anxious or down, right? It's like, I should be grateful. I should be happy with this beautiful life that I have. And I'm having all these emotions that feel really uncomfortable. It's okay. It's normal to have a multitude of emotions. We're fully complex human beings. That's a very normal part of the human experience is experiencing multiple emotions at once. You know, the ups and downs and the feelings that come along with different experiences, it's normal. And really learning to accept that, again, to get the help with my mental health that I've needed, but also to know that the goal is not this perfect, happy life that, you know, has no negative emotions with it. That's not the goal. And so it's important just for us to be able to acknowledge and accept that so that we can then turn to like, okay, then what is the goal? How do I want to feel, right? Without trying to aim for some like perfectly happy end game. Number 27, every single person is a grown-up child. Like we all have the worthiness, the innocence, the love of a child within us. We are all deserving of care. This is something that, honestly, a lot of conversations on this podcast have really brought forth for me is like that inner child. It's all within us. The five-year-old version of us doesn't just go away. It grows into who we are now. And so if you can kind of see yourself through that lens and see other adults around you through that lens, it's a lot easier to have grace and self-compassion or grace and compassion for others. When we understand the fact that we all are just growing from this tiny baby into the human that we are and everything that comes along in our lives influences that and impacts that and, you know, leads us to where we're at now. But just being able to see that lens and to support ourselves and others in a way that we would a child, even though, you know, we've grown and we've learned and we're more capable of a lot of things, that child is still within. It's been just so eye-opening to really, really, really realize that and embody that and be able to go out into the world with that in mind. Number 28, we're almost there. We are all capable of more than we can imagine. Our imaginations are pretty incredible. We can think of a lot of things, but like I truly believe that the possibilities that exist in the world for each of us are beyond what any of us could imagine. We can't anticipate exactly what's going to happen. We can't anticipate exactly how far we're going to go with something. But just knowing that, like, you are capable of so much. I truly believe that for each and every one of us. 
And I think being able to hold on to that belief and understand that belief can really like help set us up for a self-fulfilling prophecy that is great, right? (laughs) Number 29, this is my last one for this episode. And I think I'm going to say that for me right now, it's number one of importance. It's okay to not be okay. It's not all about fixing ourselves. As somebody who is in this space of personal development and, you know, growth and learning to accept ourselves and learning to live the lives that we want to live, it can feel like, okay, well, if I could just do that, if I just do this, then I'll be happy. If I just do this, then life will be what I want it to be. And it's also okay to not be okay. And it's also okay to accept that and say, you know what, right now, I don't really feel like I have anything to give to fixing that. We're not broken vases. We're humans. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. We can pour into healing. We can pour into giving ourselves support and growing and becoming better versions of ourselves and getting closer to our goals and our dreams and our desires and our fulfilled life. But it's not about fixing ourselves. We're allowed to have a month or two where things are really hard. We're allowed to have a year where things are really hard. We're allowed to exist and feel things and be miserable sometimes without feeling like, shit, I have to do something about this right now. Like, you're human. Life is hard. Things can be challenging. And sometimes sitting in that is all we can do. And we have to give ourselves grace to know that that's okay. It's not all about fixing ourselves. So that was 29 lessons that I have learned over my 29 years of life. Getting really close to that 30 mark, it's honestly a little bit terrifying, but I've also heard the 30s can be really great for a lot of people. (laughs) So, you know, it's just an age. It's just what happens in life. And, you know, just to throw a little extra one in there, learn that that just kind of keeps happening. You keep getting older, keep growing. So there's no point in feeling bad about that. I'm going to celebrate it. Really exciting. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for tuning in and kind of helping celebrate my birthday and my life with me. I hope there's something in here that maybe struck a chord with you. If you feel like there is something that you're like, oh, yes, yes, go ahead. Feel absolutely free to DM me on Instagram or post this episode to your stories and share kind of your insight with me. I would love to hear like what resonated the most with you. If there's anything in here that you're like, I haven't thought about it that way. Or if there's anything that you're like, yes, I think about that all the time. Let me know. Let's talk about it. And we will wrap up with that. You are worthy, mama. 